Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is your the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Current events, local, world news, and trending. Sunday morning, come out and join me. gentlemen welcome to the truckers podcast you know i was supposed to um, put up this show last night and it didn't so i i had to create it um, this morning so sorry about that for for to my listeners and my followers um yeah so here it is um 9 a.m uh, Sunday morning, so I hope so far that, uh, you know, everybody is having a good day, so far, just give me one second. Okay, so, you know, when we hear about um, where the uh, COVID-19 is uh, spreading, uh, you know, we hear about it in workplaces, we hear about it in schools, uh, we hear about it in hospitals, uh, we hear about it from people who, um, having big parties or big gatherings. But what we don't really hear about is COVID-19 spreading through the prison system. And in this particular one, uh, inmates at the Joyceville Institution in Northeast Kingston, Ontario, are calling on Correctional Service Canada and the prison warden to provide more information about the COVID-19 outbreak raging there. As of Saturday, 95 inmates at the medium security prison had tested positive for COVID-19, seven more than on Thursday, four staff members also, also tested the prison is built for approximately 450 inmates. Whether it's good or bad, we just want information to get to us, reads a new release sent on behalf of the inmates. Issued by the Criminalization and Publishment Education Project in the Toronto Prisoners Rights Project. Right now, there is no message going 
All we hear is what's on the six o'clock news and what's constantly repeated over and over on the news feed. Six of the inmates who have tested positive were recently moved to Joyceville to the Collins Bay Institute. Three inmates who later tested positive were transported to the Rockwood Institute in Brighton, Ontario, where one was taken to the Beaver Creek Institution in Gravenhurst. So, you know, why are we not informed, you know, what's going on in our correctional um, services? You know, we hear about, you know, if an inmate was seriously injured or an uh, inmate was, was killed, but we don't, we haven't heard anything about this. This is the first time I'm reading. And the concerns, other concerns are over the PPE. Along with better communication, the Joyceville inmates also want additional sanitation and cleaning supplies and more personal protective equipment. They're sitting ducks with nowhere to go. This gentleman is who has been in direct contact with inmates and family members and help write the press release on the inmates' behalf. According to the release, some prisoners have N95 masks while others don't. While guards have face masks, the inmates say they don't have any provided to them. Some are using makeshift curtains to, to limit the spread of the virus, according to the release but they were torn down by correctional officers and then issued warnings. They're looking at least a few weeks of lockdown, if not longer, and they need to take care of themselves and they need to take care of others. They don't have the means to do that right now. Well, Whether you have broken the law or not, whether you're incarcerated or not, you still have rights. So, the government should be speaking with the uh, prison officials and see what needs to be done. They also um, heard reports of inmates who have asked to be tested for the virus and had the request denied, although CSC says testing is being offered to all staff and inmates. In a statement to the federal agencies that inmates who had tested positive are, are being medically isolated and closely monitored. Well, they have to be. Inmates and staff at the CSC institution 
are required to wear a mask and abide by physical distancing measures. The statement said that everyone who enters the CD facility is to be screened. So all staff who are entering it and, you know, in that facility, there shouldn't be any visitors. Rapid tests are also being used to detect positive cases sooner. CSC said, with the results being posted online once they are confirmed by a lab. It's also important to note that all newly admitted offenders are placed in medical isolation for 14 days prior to being placed into an institution population, which the COVID-19 incubation period, the statement reads. You know, with the many cases that they have out there or in this one particular institution, you know, it's um, obviously an outbreak. And they better start taking care of the situation in our correctional facilities. What else is happening around this great big world of ours? Let's see what Dr. Teresa Cam has to say because she is the top health official here in Canada. Let's see here. Canada's top public health officer has been a model of um, through the first year of this COVID-19, but Dr. Teresa Tan still got a little choked up last week when, she, when the first Canadians were inculated with the COVID-19 vaccine. She said that was pretty emotional in an interview reflecting back on the year many would like to forget, and we'd like to forget 2020. I think everybody was touched by those images. It's just, you know, it's been 355 days since Tam saw the first emails warning of the pneumonia cluster in the Chinese city of Wuhan that had no known origin the week, those, those infections were connected to a, a novel coronavirus which, cause, which causes what we know as COVID-19. In the year in interview with the Canadian press, Dr. Tam said she is in awe that the world was able to develop, test, produce, ship, and now inject a vaccine in less than a year. And that is pretty remarkable. This is, that's been never seen before in the history of public health, she said. So I think it's emotional for the perspective of just, just the, alone, how incredible a scientific achievement that was. We really need to thank these, these scientists, ladies and gentlemen, for the hard, and, hard work and dedication 
of coming up with a vaccine, <clears throat> excuse me, and then it's 95% effective. That in itself is a defeat. It's pretty amazing. You know, last spring when vaccine uh, development efforts were well underway, most export, experts warned it would be a year to 18 months before one was ready. If we were lucky, instead, massive investments from governments and the private sector pushed the development, testing, and review process forward at lightning speed. Canada expects to vaccinate more than 200,000 people by the end of 2020, 3 million by the end of March, and most Canadians who want the vaccine by the end of September. So right up to next fall, these vaccines will be rolling out. People will be able to get vaccinated. I'm still, you know, kind of wondering what our our premier is going to announce tomorrow. You know, is there going to be any further restrictions? Um, I expect that there's going to be, and possibly uh, even in the city uh, that I live here in London, Ontario. The chief medical officer at Health Canada said uh, very early on, Health Canada began uh, talking to regulators in other countries about the standards they should all use, including if any steps could be skipped to make things go faster. The answer that <clears throat> the answer to that was absolutely no. You know, we can't skip steps. You can't, you know, you know, when, you, when you're putting stuff together, you're gonna skip steps and and go from from step you know to the step five when you're assembling something. You know, it'll, it'll all just fall apart. So, you know, there's absolutely no way when it comes to vaccines can they skip parts of the process. The international regulators worked really, really early to harmonize standards and let companies know that was expected of the vaccine. Health Canada adjusted the rules to allow its first reviews to happen while the final trials were being ongoing instead of after. Review teams were enlarged. They worked seven days a week and the companies kept their experts on constant standby to answer questions. That all paved the way for Health Canada to complete a review of Pfizer. Vaccine Canada is just five days after receiving the final documents from the company, Moderna, which was to submit its final documents Friday, is expected to follow a similar timeline. Together, those two vaccines alone to bring enough doses to Canada to, vac to vaccinate 30 million people next year. Well, we have 37 and a half million people. But this is a start. Our Prime Minister told the Canadian press last week that the Canada 
had moved early to identify and repurchase multiple promising vaccines because it had learned its lesson when it didn't have enough personal protective equipment for the frontline worker when the pandemic began. And this is another thing here in Canada. We have pharmaceutical companies that make prescription drugs. But we need to have pharmaceutical to make vaccines here in Canada. And we are starting to make our own PPE, which we should have done this decades ago just because. One of the things we told ourselves in April and May was we didn't want to ever have to go through this again. This fight with this global community over what we needed, Trudeau said, which was absolutely ridiculous. Canada was able to adapt domestic factories to start churning out ventilators, face masks, and hand sanitizers pretty quickly. Ramping up vaccine development and manufacturing capacity is going to take a lot longer. It is one of the gasping holes in Canada's preparedness laid bar by COVID-19 and has put some other countries on track to vaccinate their entire population a little bit faster because they make it there. The United States was invested at least 18 billion to develop and, and uh, procure vaccines through its Operation Warp Speed program as multiple companies making vaccines and is likely to get enough doses to vaccinate almost 328 million people in a few months ahead of Canada, promised to vaccinate its population of 38 million. Dr. Tam calls this pandemic of the century and said, while there are many lessons to help guide future pandemic planning, every virus is different. She was alarmed by the email warnings in December because they sounded a lot like the 2003 outbreak of severe acute respiratory syndrome, also known as SARS. We got lucky. We got really lucky there, ladies and gentlemen. But unlike SARS, which had a death rate above 10%, COVID-19 proved to be milder in most patients and infections before symptoms ever appear, allowing to spread faster and more widely. Early, early advice that people without symptoms didn't need to wear masks provided to be, to be a mistake. just to, again, try and set the record straight, she says, people with symptoms were always told to wear a mask. As soon as there was evidence the virus was spreading from people without symptoms, the advice started to change. Canada, almost, Canada always made a mistake focusing mostly on travelers who had been in China early, early on. Genetic tracing of the virus said Tam shows cases that spread in Canada mostly originated people coming from European and the United States. Still, she 
He says the measures taken for the pandemic, the wide-scale lockdown, and the closures of the United, United States-Canada border, and not essential travel, um, were not in the playbook. This is something that Canada took steps to do. But for Dr. Tam, the vaccines represent hope. But what keeps her up at night is the fear that not enough people will take them. She says communicating the vaccine success to date, telling the stories of those who had, have had them, and encouraging people to look for credible information about them are going to be the big focus in 2021. And she said she feels very optimistic that 2021 will be better. It's up to you, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to take the vaccine. When it's my turn, I'm certainly going to. Trudeau in November summed up the feelings of many when he said living in a pandemic sucks. Well, no kidding. In a year-end interview with the Canadian Press last week, he said if we can just hold on a little longer, keep following public health advice, and trust the science to get the vaccine, better is just a few months away. We're going to be able to get through this long and difficult winter into a spring where things will be better than the summer where things will be much better because of vaccines, he said. And we all need to, you know, keep following the rules. Because if we don't, this winter is going to be like no other winter we've ever seen. It's going to be horrible if we don't step it up and follow the rules. Everybody told the line. Well, I'm going to leave it here, ladies and gentlemen. I have a uh, busy day ahead of me. So thank you for coming out and joining me. I appreciate that. So let's get those thank yous out there to uh, the listeners, guests, and followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Dr. Podcast. And thank you to all our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses, our paramedics, our police and our fire department. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. This is the Tucker's Podcast.
straightforward talk and out with it, current events, local, world news, and trending. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada, and thank you. I hope you can join me this evening at 8 p.m. Until then, take care, and have a great Sunday.